to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to a special uh, episode, special bonus episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda. Uh, This episode is going to be released on Friday, November the 18th. So a little break from what I usually do, releasing new episodes on Tuesday. Of course, between now and the end of the year, I'm going to be releasing several uh, bonus episodes, probably on Fridays as well, uh, in order to talk about the World Cup. But I really wanted to get this episode in as well to talk about the Tales of the Jedi, which just finished airing on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Animated shows going more in-depth on really great Star Wars characters, Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. So this is going to be really cool. And of course, I, I have my two most frequent collaborators, along with my wife, Allison. She's not on the show, but <laughs> my other two most frequent collaborators to the show, uh, Nick Turner and Eddie Ramirez coming in to talk Star Wars talk, uh, talk Tales of the Jedi. We do go really long tonight. Uh, we we go longer than I normally do for episodes. Uh, but it, instead of opting to split it in two parts, like I usually do for long episodes, I decided I'm going to keep it as is. So you're going to get a full hour and a half of Star Wars talk between myself, Eddie and Nick. Uh, But for my listeners who have an opinion, I I was just kind of curious. Do you guys like the idea of long episodes? Do you prefer if I keep the format of, you know, between half hour to an hour? Um, I'm always open to feedback. So please let me know which uh, way you prefer your listening experience to go. But anyways, uh, that's enough of me talking. Here is my conversation with Nick, Eddie, Nick and Eddie in uh, regards to the Tales of the Jedi from Disney+. Plus. Returning to this week's episode of the Casting for Fun podcast are actually my two most frequent collaborators, uh, besides my wife, Allison, of course. It's uh, Nick Turner and Eddie Ramirez. Gentlemen, how are you both doing tonight? Doing good. Doing swell. Very swell. Very swell. Awesome. Awesome, so, so, yeah, we got some exciting uh, uh, news to talk about, entertainment news. Uh, the Tales of the Jedi, absolutely fantastic. Uh, so definitely want to talk about that. And as we always know on the podcast, any conversation topic anybody wants to bring up is more than welcome. So, yeah, let's, let's uh, jump into some really great uh, conversation here. All right. Looking forward to it. Here we go. Very cool, man. Very cool. So I think most people would probably, most Star Wars fans would agree that uh, when it comes to Star Wars, the, the most consistently good has to be animated Star Wars. I mean, it just, uh, I, I never actually saw the, the Resistance show, Star Wars Resistance. I don't know if I would like it because it's kind of based off the sequel trilogy. But uh, for that, that being said, though, animated Star Wars, particularly what Filoni does, is really, really excellent, right? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, the resistance was a, was a cool show it was a short was run okay yeah like um if i think what veered people off right away was the two things right the the treatment of the sequels yeah so because you mean of the sequels it, sucked yeah <laughs> no it's definitely right so like like the fact that the sequels weren't like planned out and you know that that whole sour taste let's let's be real a lot of people when they saw resistance they you know that's something they probably should have put out before the movies to kind of help the movies at i don't know i laugh even saying it right but like the resistance in itself right if you kind of just like box it out from everything else like it was a good show the the animation wasn't my flavor of the month kind of thing but the show was cool like 
like honestly if they just built off that and then maybe sequels later on when they had it together honestly the show had some good decent stuff it, it reminded me of rebels a lot um the the vibe of rebels so if you like rebels the theme of it was in resistance unfortunately resistance took in a time period where i mean let's be real it's just very sour among let's frame it let's just be honest eddie the source material for resistance was crap <laughs> so why would i want to watch that when the source material it's based off of i despise so yeah. why would no, i even I, give it a chance yeah no I, I i totally get that i really do like I, i'm not even gonna like say much more than that like because i get okay. it i do get it well it's cool. Th- thanks for sharing your, your take eddie so uh but yeah, like I said, uh, Filoni Star Wars tends to be real. Filoni animated Star Wars tends to be really, really well received by the fans, and I think Tales of the Jedi was no exception. Uh, I thought it was really excellently done, and it was kind of unique. We knew going in that it was going to be shorts, but I guess it mm-hmm. was, I mean, we could look at it that it's divided into two stories: the Ahsoka yeah. story and the Count Dooku story. Yeah. So I thought it was really, really fascinating how it was done. Really cool <laughs> stuff that we got to see in the show so i want to go over each episode individually starting with uh the first one episode one which was uh life Hmm. and death so then obviously please feel free to chime in with any information you wanted to share thoughts feelings about that particular episode but i have uh, a question before we start yeah go ahead nick uh with no details what was your favorite episode and what was the episode you thought wasn't the best before we talk about it all i'm just curious where you guys are at Okay, well, I, I would say for, for the most part, I love all six. I thought all six were really excellent and great. Um, probably my least favorite was the, the last one of Ahsoka. So episode six, which would have been uh, Resolve. Resolve, yeah. Uh, Me too. My, my favorite that. one has to be uh, the Sith Lord, where we, we get to see, uh, oh, you want to get details. We'll go into it later. But yeah, the Sith Lord uh, episode. What about you, Eddie? Um, so I will say off the bat before I answer this, I haven't been a huge fan of this hardcore focus on Ahsoka. Um, I just feel that we're very much catering to characters that are, you know, conveniently living on during the, t- the original series, right? Of New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. So that being said, um, my least favorite was... Uh, I believe it's episode five or is it five or six where Ahsoka trains through Anakin uh, against the clone troopers. And then eventually that kind of all comes. That's uh, episode five. Yeah. That just makes perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my least favorite Mm -hmm. Um, just because it just kind of, it's like, that was the only Jedi that did that. So, you know, there's that uh but my my favorite one was sith lord i think almost uh i just the lead up into that episode was just and I, I'll, I'll say my thoughts but it was just solid work just mm-hmm. it was exactly just chef's kiss for me like that yeah, whole thing. <laughs> yeah all right I, I agree with you that i like them all um i kind of go back and forth between sith lord and practice makes perfect as my favorite but uh, sith lord is dang good um i can agree with that my least favorite is the first one life and death okay well we won't touch on the first one for very much but uh there were a few interesting <laughs> on the first one no i, I mean i like it it was just my least favorite 
Yeah. yeah. No, I, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Cause I mean, and we to be see fair, me too. As like a... you guys, I actually liked all of them, like in, yeah. in its context, like I really did enjoy all of them. It was really short and sweet. Good stuff. Have you guys rewatched them yet? Or have you only watched them once? Uh, watched them twice actually. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, I've seen a couple three times, four times, uh, the rest, like one or two times. Nice. Okay. I just go back to my favorites kind of thing. Right. Very cool. But what I do like in the first episode that we finally get to see Ahsoka's home planet. I mean, I don't know if it was ever hinted at or addressed. So it was kind of cool, the the, the forest setting. I mean, very uh, Endor-esque. And I think there's a possibility we might actually see the planet revisited in the Ahsoka live action show. Since it I would agree. Difficult to do. But uh, I think so. Uh, it was a basic episode, but it was, I guess, uh, important to show that, yes, there are, obviously there are four sensitive children throughout the galaxy and we get to see just the early uh, origins of Ahsoka. I kind of agree. There's not a lot to say except that I have one line and it's Ahsoka short of force abilities at a young age. And mm-hmm. it was cool, but yeah, like that's I'm, it. I'm going to jump off that because um, I had to set up the premise of my feelings with the Ahsoka. But look, the, the show, the, the episode overall, short and sweet, kind of gives you the, yeah, the origins. Um, I hope we do explore these in, in live action, like these kind of planets, different species, because the galaxy is you know, far and wide and there's so much more than just, just human or humanoids uh, that look like us. Like we, we got to start touching base on those at some point. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess, my, my only gripe of that episode was the fact that she can commune and, you know, whether it's through emotions or whatever at nine months old or whatever she is with, you know, a killer beast. I just thought, you know, through lore, usually those are things that, that is trained. And even then um, that's years of experience. Um, I felt a little bit of a Ray touch in that episode where I cringed, but I, I accepted it. I understand this is Filoni's <laughs> verse. So, you know he's gonna pick on his favorite character to do cool things as an ahsoka lover i'm like okay i understand that i don't i didn't see it the same way uh because younglings occasionally do interesting things with the force they don't understand it or know why yeah so i thought it was one force ability that doesn't require like physical strength or anything right you know, you brought up rebels and communicating with animals and there they did it then. I'm like, OK, I mean, it seems to follow that a little bit going back in time, showing more of it. Yeah, definitely. Kind of tie in the past with the present, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I try to explain it as I think because it was kind of a traumatizing moment, you know, with everything going on, you know, kind of like. You can even look at Baby Yoda looking at uh, Mando. Said Baby Yoda was 50 years trained versus Ahsoka wasn't. So, like, I, yeah, but that's a I question. Think... Baby Yoda, I mean, 50 years, but we don't, we still really know how far he got in training. I feel and like that is, that's to be touched on. Ahsoka, ironically, did no say, training. <laughs> we're going full circle on this one right now. Ahsoka right, yeah, did say he was being trained by masters, but. Yeah, we don't know to what extent and what that means. And I'm sure season three will. We did get some flashbacks, so maybe we'll get a little more. The The time frame between uh, uh, Order 66 occurring in uh, Revenge of the Sith to roughly, I guess, I don't know, like five years after Return of the Jedi would be about 40, 45 years, right? So 19 so, between three and four. And then. From, is it about, yeah, 19? That, so Luke and Leia are 19 Luke, in the new home, yeah. right? 
Okay. So when New Hope kicks in, and then from there, New Hope to Return of the Jedi, that's like a six-year period or something. It's six years. Oh, okay. I thought it was a little bit longer. Okay. Okay. That made more sense. Okay. So roughly maybe. Yeah, they're like, like they're like mid twenties by the years. time like the Empire officially fractures out. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, Th- that will be interesting to see more of Grogu, uh, more of his origin when we eventually get it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's jump into uh, episode two. So, uh, Justice. Um, we get to see you know, dark side tendencies shown by, by Dooku from the beginning, which is pretty cool. And yeah. what I kind of also was wondering, and it wasn't really touched on, but I mean, if he's Count Dooku, my guess is he's coming from like uh, royalty or like nobility from the Star Wars universe. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that is uh, that is a lore that they kept even in his uh, origin book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, there, there's a few subtle things that were done in the episode lines that I really like because I think Filoni really plays attention to clo- uh, close attention to details where mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dooku uses the line to Qui-Gon saying, you're a much wiser man than me, which is almost like a mere reflection of the line that Qui-Gon would later say to Obi-Wan in uh, yeah. uh, the Phantom yeah. Menace. So little details like that are actually pretty cool. We got to see just, uh, I mean, it, it's explored more in, another, in uh, the Sith Lord episode, but uh dooku for all his faults has a really strong admiration love and respect in like a fatherly way for for qui-gon it seems yeah i i don't know nick do you want to jump on it uh, i agree oh, there's so much to go in dooku has become a great character in my opinion um so i was super excited for this yeah i like the lines that's my last note in it in mm-hmm. fact and I, I pointed out in my notes that um, Obi-Wan tells Anakin, you become a far greater Jedi than I could ever hope to be. Mm-hmm. Be patient. And I always, I was wondering, huh, that's much different yeah. than what Dooku said to Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Just pointing out their, their different philosophies or styles. But yeah, I, I thought it goes very, this episode shows us Dooku in a much deeper way than we've ever seen him. Because we've only known him from kind of the movies and the Clone Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. And and that's after he's fallen. This goes back, kind of shows us the beginning. So I got to give Filoni props that in 45 minutes, we almost got a whole Dooku story. Yeah. With so much to go over, so many details. So I have a lot to go on. I don't want to take too much time on that particular subject. I'll let you respond, Eddie. No, man, this is, this is, this is a good subject. Like, honestly, like, Dooku in... I know we're this is his first episode of the of the of the three, but like in this one, even what you guys are talking about, that quote alone, to me, right? I smirked hearing it, and I still smirk even as we're like quoting it, because it's like it just shows he's at this passive crossing in his mind, in his, his spirit, whatever it is with him with the force, where his experience in life and where that's leading him towards the dark side. But the good in him still, that's obviously still exists at this point. It's showing how he's becoming reliant on, uh, to me, how he's relying on Qui-Gon. Because it's like Qui-Gon is still growing. He's maturing. He's becoming wise. And you see that in the episode how it's not Qui-Gon that decides, oh, I'm going to stop my master. What's going to stop my master is let me get the sun involved to go stop this. Let me put innocence there. And that will snap him out of it. And that's Qui-Gon's wisdom, who he learned from Dooku at some point. It's not just he got it all on his own, but Dooku recognizes that 
he's now weak, but he looks to Qui-Gon because Qui-Gon is more than just that son, father figure, which I agree that ends up happening. I believe with every master apprentice for sure. But like, I look at Qui-Gon looking at, or um, Duke looking at Qui-Gon like, you're still my path to the good. Thank you for bringing me back. Thank you for reminding me. And you are wise and all that stuff, right? And as you see him, you know, degress and through the light side of the force later on, like Qui-Gon just gets elevated because Dooku's so humanized of what he feels is his moral compass and how that's not the Jedi dogma of that current time, time period. So it's just fascinating, man. Just, they don't say much. You really, Filoni didn't really throw these big dialogues but like, there's just enough with the actions and expressions and animation of all things where you're like, wow, yeah, 45 minutes of Dooku and I got like a whole ton, like this character is so much more complex than a guy that's a baddie with a red lightsaber. It's, it's great. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Right, I got uh, a question. Into, uh, oh, go no, ahead. I'm, I, wanna, I wanna stay on this a little bit, but go back to the beginning of the episode. Okay. Uh, what's the first thing Dooku does? when they talk to the people, sit down and talk with the people. Show that happens. lightsaber, man, right there. Does it's anyone know the, the significance of that with Filoni? Uh, samurai, isn't it? Yeah, so you've heard that before, Eddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you have, Albert, but uh, when Filoni got interviewed by Lucas for the position, <laughs> yeah, it was his first interview with Lucas, and he went in there and, like, Lucas looked at his portfolio and then pretty much just they had a couple quick questions and then just started talking about how a Jedi, a Jedi is like a samurai. Like they would come, mm-hmm. the samurai would come and put their sword down on the table to let the other people know their intention that like they mm-hmm. were willing to use the sword right away without even talking. Mm-hmm. And so I love that like the first lesson he got from George Lucas was the first thing we saw in that episode with Count Dooku, yeah. Yeah. where he just oh, put cool. the yeah. lightsaber on the table. And so for me, like knowing that was like, okay, like that was amazing for me because that's a yeah. story I've heard Filoni tell from Lucas and I got to see the Jedi act that way. Yeah. Uh, so I loved it because I thought it showed. I'm glad he caught that. Yeah, I just thought it showed kind of going back to Filoni's trying to honor Lucas's ideas in the telling of the story. And definitely uh, paying attention to the small details, which, again, I think Loni does really, really well. So I love that Dooku, you get to see his frustration with the Republic Senate. Yeah. And, like, sees the corruption. He's, he's a true Jedi. He's not bad yet here. And we're just starting to see the turn in this episode. But mm-hmm. it's because he's seen the corruption in the Senate. And then we get right. to see his first force choke mm-hmm. of someone. Which made me think like, okay, well, when did Anakin first choke someone? Like, where could I compare his level of how far he is at at that moment on his transition to the dark side? Right. And so Anakin's first force choke was in the in uh, season two of the Clone Wars, the uh, brain invaders mm-hmm. from Kenosha or Geonosia. Yeah. When they invaded the mines. Mm-hmm. and it was Ahsoka was on the ship and anyway <clears throat> he forced choke the general leader Poggle to get the answer on how to kill him and so I'm like okay look where we are with Dooku right now 
That's Anakin, like middle season two. Just to put it in perspective of on his journey changing. Because oh, once yeah. again, we got the Clone Wars, we got seven seasons, but this we only got 45 minutes. So jamming that much into such a short period. I'm, I'm picking up all these little things to connect. Anyway, Definitely. I'm done with that episode after that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, like real, real quick. And I swear we're done with it after this. No, like, <laughs> no, because he brings up a good point. Like, honestly, I, I didn't think we'd stick on episode one as long as we did, because, but, but there's actually good stuff on it. Like you pointed out, like we, because these are highlights of two people's lives, really, right? Dooku and Ahsoka. With, he can't delve on yeah like seasonal growth or uh regression like like anakin we see that's like the whole point really of the clone wars is to see his life in full fledged mm-hmm. but like dooku like who knows how long he's been feeling that way even without qui-gon you know like at some point we have to start acknowledging he kept his nobility title count dooku he always mm-hmm. kept that so was he always two feet in as a Jedi or not, you know? And does that apply to his actions because he kept that that label? That's a name. You address him before the name. Usually it's just Jedi, you know, Dooku. You're not getting that. You're getting Count Dooku, even as a Jedi. So, like, where was he just not full in on it or not? Uh, we just get to finally start seeing the actions of, you know his downward spiral but like it's it's interesting like if only we had more episodes right this is just me being needy at this point mm-hmm. to just see dooku even at a younger age was it even before this maybe not a force shook but disagreeing with the jedi on a philosophical level why is he not biting you know or going on the full dogma of it at the time because the jedi are now more with the senate look at senate dogs not as their own you know, principle. Oh, we'll get there. That's the next episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Very nice. Episode one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that was two, man. Come on. Oh, two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we but, still but one for Dooku. <laughs> yeah, one for Dooku. It's still funny that they do one Ahsoka, three Dooku, two Ahsoka. Two I'm Sora, like, yeah. I don't get it, but all right. Well, I guess are they sort of in chronological order? I thought so. Of time. Yeah, not really. I don't know. Especially the Ahsoka one. Yeah, because of Ahsoka, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, moving on to uh, episode three choices. So choices. again, we get to see more of uh, uh, Dooku's mistrust for the Senate. We get to see you know you know certain uh, uh, senators like involved in shady business. So that would obviously lead to Dooku feeling the way he does, and then understanding why he would. You'll explain to uh, Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones, the movie, yes, that there's uh, corruption in the Senate. I I don't like what's going Mm -hmm. on with the Republic. Um, We get to see Dooku and uh, Mace Windu team up. I always love that when they put the odd combinations together. People we don't really see interact together, which is pretty cool. And then we also see that at the end of this episode, uh, Mace Windu gets his own seat on the Jedi Council for the first time. And uh, I guess I'm assuming that Dooku never did. So I don't know if there might have been some resentment on his part because of that. But again, this was another episode that I thought was really uh, developing Dooku's character. As very layered. This episode is very layered. Very yeah. deep. Yeah, yeah. So what did you guys think for uh, choices? Yo, Nick. Okay, all right. I got, I got a whole list here. <laughs> uh, I've been working on this, guys. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, perfect, perfect. 
I love how um so in the beginning of the story they're they're just going to pick up the body of a fellow Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dooku is wondering how a Jedi died. Uh so I really else I've been deciding when should I say this and I'm like do I do it now or next episode? I feel like this is the story of how the Jedi failed. And it starts with Dooku. Uh, how the Jedi are the reason Palpatine won. Um, right? Because Windu is like, hey, we're just going to go collect the body. And Dooku is like, well, don't you want to know how, like, how did a Jedi die? Like, mm-hmm. don't we want to investigate? And so, of course, there's the story mm-hmm. um, that she was killed in an attack protecting the senator, uh, which turns out to be false. But kind of in, it goes into Dooku. Once again, in the first episode, we see his distrust of the Senate. So why will the Jedi blindly believe the senator? Right? So mm-hmm. we get to see in the previous episode that there's no reason to trust any of the senators. And they tell the Jedi Council, oh, yeah, she was killed by some people. And they just blind belief. And Dooku thinks that life is worth investigating, which mm-hmm. I think is the human thing to do, but it's not the Jedi thing to do to let go. Ironically, the Jedi will go investigate other people's murders, but not their own, apparently. Um, so I can see the confusion starting to show in his mind and why mm-hmm. he ignored it. And he was proven right because um, there's a corrupt Senate and he knows it. Um, he knows the senator doesn't care about his life so when the senator says oh, he wanted to go negotiate a peace deal Dooku doesn't believe him because he knows senators don't care about their people um, and Windu just wants to follow protocol uh, so once again when they get out of the ship and they're investigating the scene like what does Dooku do again right away once he sees nothing matches up lightsaber mm-hmm. samurai like straight out what happened because he knows they're lying so it's kind of a, the once again this samurai way lucas talked about not the calm let's talk it out uh, goes right to it so once again i love that dooku's kind of staying on that pattern of i know you're lying here's my lightsaber tell me the truth um and once again just showed his real power and strength fighting everyone uh, i have more on the episode but i'll stop there see what you guys want to say what do you have eddie nothing no i'm just kidding, oh. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. no so i mean let's actually he ha- he started off at a good spot is you know the whole point of this episode is to start showing the the why the crossroad uh, where you know the deviation of where dooku's mindset is versus the on paper what a jedi is right which is represented through mace windu he's represented like if you were to read a whole list of check check boxes mace windu fits it perfectly right mm-hmm. you know he's he's the epitome of what a jedi should be on paper unfortunately in practice that in like real world practice right like the application of that has to have gray area here and there there has to be some leeway depending on the situation of the day and Dooku, because of his mistrust with just kind of the overall binding that the Jedi have with the Senate, now he's kind of becoming more of a maverick 
in in the eyes of his peers, more of a maverick and how he kind of goes about things. And and they didn't really touch on it too much, but who, what if he's already been seen this way already by many around his peers? So in, what we see from the episode, like what we actually get is he's imploring the state. He's imploring we need to go further, right? This is kind of an echo of what Nick is saying already. And, you know, through some intimidation, he's able to get the answers that he wants. And he realizes, you know, the, it's, it, this whole murder is, ends up being kind of a hostage situation because uh, I, what was the center was kind of being forced to do these things, right? If I'm remembering it right. He's, well, they, a, they were going to force the senator to do what they wanted. Right. So the, he was basically at a, a damn if I do, damn if I don't situation. So it's let me just do whatever they want so I can just keep living, literally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so Dooku, you know, throws that lightsaber out when they're in the forest, when he starts realizing there's a struggle. The, the Jedi didn't just die right away. She, he or she, or it, it was a she, I believe. The Jedi was ambushed. And you see the the lightsaber uh, burns on the on the tree, and right away it's, it's it's even Mace knows, but Mace even up until the point of the shots doesn't want to do anything in terms and of I know so because he wants to still report back to you know the council and for the council to then decide the action that needs to be taking place in the moment. So Dooku doesn't want time to happen because the moment they leave the the whole mystery of that's trying to be solved is gone they're gonna it's all done it's gonna always be well, the, the evidence will disappear they can scrub it's, it it's over so mm -hmm. he has to then press you know he has to be on the attack he has to be aggressive all non-jedi ways because jedis is a defensive first not an attack right but in this case he has to do this and you know, Mace then has to defend, but at the same time, there's a repercussion that we see later on. Mace gets the council seat, but he does tell Duke why he gets the council seat. He gets the council seat because he followed protocol. He followed all these things and Duke was overlooked. And I do believe there was resentment, Albert, because he's asking Mace why. Because I think he's asking why, and the important thing here is why is he, he feels he wasn't considered. And I don't think Dooku was considered. I think they looked at all his actions up until this, with this episode in mind, as Dooku continues to show he's not going to follow the council's will. He's not going to follow the overall Jedi's philosophy. So we're going to give this to Mace because Mace on paper fits all these. He's the checkmark list. Like he does belong on, on the council. And he kind of, he gets snubbed for that, I think. Yeah, what does, uh, so Dooku, you know, ask Windu, <clears throat> do you think the Jedi will truly keep peace if they continue to take everything the Senate says to be law? And so, right. once again, think about what Qui-Gon taught to Obi-Wan, the living force in the moment, to follow the, like, they're supposed to follow the force over right. anything. Right. And so I feel like Dooku was following the force and everything he did like oh, someone got murdered let's go pick up the body but we'll just see like that's what the force guided him to do right he found out a jedi was murdered you know he solved a murder 
of a fellow Jedi. I could see him thinking that if he died, he would, if he was murdered, he'd want the Jedi to at least solve his, his murder instead of letting go. Like right. if you won't even solve the murder of your own people, then do you really care about everyone else? Um, but, you know, Windu responded, you know, luckily we are guided by our council and not by politics nor ego. And I think that was the lackluster response. That was that could, that was Windu saying, I got to see, because I'll do what the council wants, mm -hmm. not I'll do what the force tells me. And so I do think Dooku was upset and felt he got passed over yeah, and could look back on that with resentment and thinking, whether it's right or wrong, that, hey, I was following the force and I'm in, and I'm in trouble. Like, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? I got passed over because I listened to the force. Um, so, yeah, I think that shows I think that moment is when Dooku's fate was done. Do you think that Dooku and this goes to either one of you guys? In this episode, this is a very pivotal episode where Dooku now feels isolated and now he's vulnerable to the manipulation of Sidious, who's clearly, you know, overlooking all the actions going on. Do you feel this was the episode where Dooku became spiritually vulnerable and he needed his void to be filled with someone that could, you know, empathize with him? Yeah, I mean, that was the moment when he became vulnerable in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Like the first episode, yeah. you know, he was, he he was still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he had a moment. Second, sorry. <laughs> uh, like he had a moment, but he wasn't going. I don't think he was going down the path. I think he just saw frustrate, you know, corruption and it frustrated him. And uh, but yeah, at the end of this, getting passed over after solving a murder of a Jedi. I think, yeah, he he realized the council did not care. I think he thought the council was like the Senate. They're the, they're the Senate's puppet. They don't actually follow the force. And we, I think we know that from the next episode, as I right. said earlier, uh, this is, this is showing when the real downfall of the Jedi council started. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Albert? Uh, you know, I, a thought just popped into my head now. So uh, we didn't see anything related to this in the, the episode, but uh, we just know uh, in general, uh, Palpatine is a master of just manipulating people. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if he was part or taking part in some of the manipulation with the senators to try and like uh, get them to do certain things that he wanted them to do to possibly uh, uh entrap uh dooku if he had been watching dooku i mean again it hasn't been addressed at all it's just the thought i just had in my head if they do want to explore it further could palpatine had seen something in dooku before and wanted to help give that push of the uh, manipulation that the senate is corrupt and i want to show you in some way like say for instance like uh like you know bribing the senators or giving putting the thoughts or ideas into their heads hey you can uh become rich if you do this and this and this type of thing yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say that I don't know, maybe not specifically Dooku. I think he just saw an opening with Dooku, like, oh, yeah. this guy's sending a little okay. more. Yeah. So let me jump on this guy. Remember, he's... Dooku's an idealist, right? All right. And Palpatine's a politician. So those, yeah. like, those two minds would communicate. Yeah, that's bread just based and butter on right philosophies. There. Yeah, that's so, bread and butter right there. Exactly. Yeah. You, you. Pretty much what you just said that you, you just summed it up in a nutshell for me. That's pretty much it. And Dooku just popped out as the obvious, like, 
oh, this is my insight right here. I got to take advantage of this because Palpatine, remember Palpatine is doing what no Sith has ever done in history is to be patient. To beat the Jedi, mm -hmm. you have to be patient. That's mm -hmm. why the Sith always failed prior to Palpatine. So he finally understood to win the Jedi, I have to be patient. Hence the politics, hence concealing the force so no one can sense his presence. Now he has to be weak. He has to be what a Sith isn't supposed to be and the ignorance of Jedi thinking Sith are never gonna do that is the problem. And yeah, Dooku just stood out and Palpatine just snapped that up like, thank you. You are my inside man now. Now through you, I can see who else in the Jedi, you know, yeah, the, the Senate for sure. They, I mean, it's money. It's easy, right? You can apply real world to this. Yeah, money's enough. People have a price depending on who it is. So, in this case, galaxies have tradings and worlds, hyperlanes, and all that that goes into the Star Wars universe. So, for sure, Palpatine was, you know, that's that's what makes Palpatine that much more dangerous. Which is is what's wild. You know, we actually this is his whole design. Almost. Yeah, I would say, Albert, that's what we don't get yeah. in the cartoon. Yeah. So once again, I love Star Wars because like we get so much stuff, but it's like now I want them to fill that gap in. Yeah. Like in between these this episode and the last one. Like how did Palpatine and his genius we get a glimpse of in the next episode, but yeah. So many questions. Mm -hmm. Oh, and before we jump to the next one, yeah. That yeah. conversation with the councilman, you know, Dooku expresses himself. And who's there to listen to him? It's Yaddle, you know, and that's our little bridge for the mm -hmm. next episode, for sure. Which, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into episode four, The Sith Lord. Uh, just oh chock filled of like uh, <laughs> Easter eggs and really cool small details that I absolutely No, the love. first scene was amazing. Yeah, so so finally we see Dooku. Yeah. He goes to the Jedi archives and he erases Kamino using Master Safedias' code, which is really cool. So like covering his yeah. tracks the entire yeah. time. And it's yeah, finally man. really like building that gap because when we first see Attack of the Clones, we hear Master Sifidius. We don't know who that is. We hear Lord Tyrannus because that's what uh that's uh, the Clone Wars cartoon. Uh, uh, yeah, Ganglefet had said, "Hey, the guy named Tyrannus had uh, recruited me." So finally, with the yeah. Clone Wars, all the animated stuff, we're getting all those like gaps filled in that we first heard from Attack of the Clones. And then speaking of Attack of the Clones, it's pretty cool that in this episode. Dooku mentions that, oh, I would like to meet Obi-Wan someday, which is yeah. cool that we had they hadn't met each other yet, which is that was crazy uh, along lines of uh, what they said in Attack of the Clones, because at that moment is when Dooku and Obi-Wan are meeting for the first time. Yep. So Gosh, that was so said crazy. so much about you. Yeah. 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 So so I love, love little details like that. Really yeah. cool. And I, I love that they can get Liam Neeson always to come back and voice Qui-Gon, which is really cool. He's done it multiple times in the other episodes he's been on, and then of course made the cameo appearance in the Obi Wan show. So I, I think Liam Neeson seems to like the character. Now, by the way, I want to point something out. Back to the last episode and what you brought up, Albert. Dooku's mm -hmm. doing all this while Maul is still alive. Mm. So Palpatine is working on Dooku, gotten him to that point where he killed his friend Sifo-Dyas, so they could take over the clone army. Um, but still not his full apprentice. Mm -hmm. So Palpatine is, you know, we know Palpatine's been working for a while. Dooku didn't just get there, you know, overnight. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, that's, I want that gap filled in at a future point. 
I think we will, but we'll talk about that after Tales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then another small detail that was revealed in this episode that I really thought was cool was that it's revealed that Qui-Gon's home world is Coruscant, that he was born there. Yep. Which uh, it yeah. goes back to the line from uh, uh, The Phantom Menace when he's telling uh, Shmi Skywalker that if Anakin had been born uh, closer to the, the central systems of the universe that we would have caught him sooner. So my guess is the Jedi Council, like at the second he, he was born, uh, they, they, they found him and brought him in. So to, I guess maybe learn more about Qui-Gon's origin would be kind of cool too. But it is it's a nice little detail that we learned that his home world is Coruscant and that his whole life, he's just known like, you know, steel and concrete and uh, that, but not really seeing like the tree. Yeah, uh, that was Which cool. was, again, was fascinating to him, which uh, Yoduku had mentioned to Yaddle. So that was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah, I, I think it's it's actually kind of helps uh, kind of explain Qui-Gon's affinity for the force because when he does travel abroad he's seen forests and deserts and terrains that he hasn't he would never have seen before mm-hmm. you know i i'm assuming right so i'm assuming this is just to his character that now it's like you know when he when he's being taught by by dooku early on i'd imagine you know when he, they talk about the forest and you know all living things he sees that beyond just the traffic of the skies he, he actually appreciates it a little more like yeah you're right like there's so much more out here than this so this little thing i i, I just kind of thought to myself when it, when i heard that it's like i because i had no idea he was from Coruscant. i don't know if that's new or if that was just taken from old eu but it's nice that, that i finally see that in canada like, all right now we know where he's from no absolutely yeah absolutely agree so any other talking points i mean there's so much that we can talk about I oh yeah to- oh if you're ready oh, yeah. uh- I'll so, start yeah. going. Go for it, Nick. You got it. The floor is yours, up, bro. <laughs> All right. So once again, my my last comment was, it's kind of that you know, Dooku's already really far gone when Qui Gon meets Darth Maul for the first time. Yeah. Like he's already killed Sifo-Dyas, done all that. But I love that. <clears throat> once again, showing Dooku's distrust of not just the Senate but the Jedi Council. That so Qui Gon his his Padawan goes to the Jedi Council. He fought Darth Maul. Like, he physically fought him. He tells the Jedi Council, I fought a Sith Lord, someone trained in the arts of the Jedi. You know? Mm -hmm. And they still don't believe him. This is firsthand experience. It's no longer... Like, so Dooku for years has been warning the Council of of the Sith Lord coming, basically. Also, Sifo-Dyas, right? So... yeah. Sifo Dyas started the clone army on his own because he had visions of what was to come. He started the clone army to beat, you know, Palpatine, Sidious, um, and they killed him and took it over. Uh, but I love that. So the Jedi Council now has a history of ignoring Sifo Dyas, Dooku, and Qui-Gon. And this is the first time they ignore firsthand experience. And I think I think that kind of confirms for Dooku that the Jedi Council is gone. Like they won't listen to their own Jedi who had a physical fight. Um, and so I think that's an, that's the final push push. Uh, even though at the end of the episode, you get to see it. But I think that's like the decision in his mind. Right. You know, to kind of justify what he'd been doing you know, we know when you go to that dark side, you got to justify it every time. Mm-hmm. So, like, once again, right. it's another reason to justify it. 
uh, you know, Dooku warns Qui-Gon that he won't be there to protect him. Uh, Dooku is one of the most skilled lightsaber duelists mm-hmm. yeah, of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah, in fact, so Sir Christopher Lee was a, a world champion fencer. So they actually incorporated fencing into his style in the movie, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, that's really cool. Cause yeah, because they, yeah, they took, you know, real life mm-hmm. and incorporated it. Um, oh, I got to find my spot where I was. Sorry. A random question that I had, yeah. not that you think you brought up uh, uh, Dooku's uh, uh, skills with, with a lightsaber and stuff like that. I've always, well, I can't, I'm just kind of wondering now, was there a reason to the curve in his lightsaber hilt? He's the only yeah. one that uses that. I, I was curious if that means anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to EU for a second because that's okay. kind of where a lot of the lore comes from. Mm-hmm. Like, So he, I believe his form was formed to Makashi. That's correct. Which was, uh, okay. which is basically, so form one is kind of like the intro. Everyone kind of knows that. That's kind of your basis, right? And um, but it's a wild swings, wild everything. Bakashi is like the first one where, in a one-on-one only. So this is straight this lightsaber to lightsaber where, it's yeah, it's 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 basically that. It's how to disable and you know, kill your opponent in a one-on-one fight, straight lightsaber. So. Uh, Dooku just mastered it and uh, uh, that's the common hilt that was used for that form. Um, Dooku was just obviously the prime example of, of, of the latest Jedi to be that. Yeah, so oh, to go cool. deeper on that, Eddie, uh, that form um, was actually started by like the ancient Sith Lords to fight Form 1, which was the only form right. that Jedi had. Right. Makashi. So yeah, uh, like Sithari at this point, man. Yeah, they, the, I know where you're going with this. The angle <laughs> tilt, uh, it, yeah. it let you strike harder yes. and get more strength on it. Yes. Anyway, so that form was actually frowned upon by the Jedi because right. it was rooted kind of in Sith training. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's really cool. So even uh, yes. in Legends, like when Dooku's doing it and Yedi's is, uh, Yoda's his master, like, you know, kind of in the halls, it's like, ooh, he's he's using the angled tilt. Like, that's a Sith thing. There were questions. Right. You know, look at it as it. A, you're an aggressor, not... Yes. Yeah, so you know, we're not supposed to be that. And when I say we, like Jedi, right? If we're all yeah. Jedi here in the room. That's what like, I was looking for. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is a form of aggression in fighting. Definitely, yeah. Oh, very interesting. Cool. See, there's a lot of cool history on, on yeah. Dooku and the form. There's seven yeah. That's fighting all, I hope, like, what Nick's been saying throughout the episodes, like, they kind of, these are things we're not getting from the episodes, but if they start sprinkling it in eventually, and I'm sure they will, I think this is just us nerding out, to start filling the gaps of, yeah, like, forms and why or the hilts, just little things, one-liners, can explain so much of so many of these characters we've already grown up with. So to make it official, right? I know in the EU we got it all there, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. So you know when Duke or when Qui Gon dies, I think Duke sees that once again as a complete failure of the Jedi. They didn't listen to him. He fought Maul. They didn't send more Jedi. They didn't take the threat seriously. They they didn't want to make people panic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and yeah, he was already gone. But I think that's when, like killing Yaddle, that was why. Like, ah, you you killed my apprentice. So I love that he's upset with Palpatine over Qui Gon's death. Um, 
Yeah. And, and Sidious is just like, hey, I lost my apprentice. You lost yours and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I also love, you know, that Sidious said he's going to require more of him. Like we all know Sidious, so we understand it. He doesn't quite understand it yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I also like that Sidious called Dooku his friend and not his apprentice. Yeah. Which I was kind of hoping we'd get that moment in the episode when he would officially be crown the actual apprentice. But I guess friend, you know, but once again in Palpatine's manipulation style. Exactly. He didn't want to go exactly. there yet at that moment. It wasn't the right moment. When you look at you're starting to see how exactly what Palpatine did to Anakin, we're seeing him yes. do to so he'd done it to Duke. I thought it was a good callback to the Darth Vader uh relationship. Yes. You know? He refers to him as a friend, but, you know, this is just to kind of be sympathetic with him because he knows he's pulling the strings on this guy with whatever emotional needs he needs at that moment. All right. What does he do when Yaddle shows up? He questions his loyalty. Like, once right. again, he's just, it's a, que- you know, it's Palpatine yeah. constantly questioning his loyalty. And we see that uh, later when Palpatine makes him you know, try to kill Asaz Ventress. Um, mm-hmm. So once again, I love the callback that even years later, Palpatine is is still doing it. Um, where am I? Yeah, betrayal. Yeah, Palpatine's a master. Uh, now, question on Yaddle, like she stepped down from the Jedi Council. She did. Yeah. But because of Dooku's... Uh... Right, but did she leave the Jedi Order? Because once again... No. She was still a Jedi. Right. So, okay. So she's a Jedi. She was at the Jedi temple. She doesn't leave the planet. She goes missing. And the Jedi don't look for her. Once again, kind of supporting Dooku's claim that they don't even care about their own people. Was there ever an investigation into what happened to her? Or, I, like, did, I don't know. Did That's the something Jedi... I was wondering by the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, did they actually look for her? I mean, this is a big deal. This is not like some Padawan. You know, as far as I know, they didn't. Yeah. I think it was Star Wars theory who said they didn't. Like, and it's kind of the question is, but does it kind of once again show that they're they're too busy doing the bidding of the Senate to even yeah. like, hey, one of our own, she just stepped down. Shouldn't shouldn't we be concerned about her? Like, why'd she step down? No, nah, just no big deal. She's gone. We'll we'll replace her. Yeah, if they do additional episodes, which I really hope they do, like more episodes, like maybe a few focusing on different Jedi's. If they call like right. Tales of the Jedi season two, maybe a few on Qui-Gon, a few on Obi-Wan or Anakin, or even like, you know, if you want to you know, jump further in the timeline, a few episodes on Luke would be pretty cool. Luke in animation. Uh, but again, if they ever get around to addressing that, I think uh, it would be kind of important, even though before this uh, series came out, I don't know if anybody really paid that much attention to Yaddle. I mean, she was just kind of a background character. No, no Definitely an underserved character for a very important, mysterious species. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like up until, you know, Grogu, there was only two I've ever seen, right? Like any of us. You and everyone else. <laughs> so it's like for, for them not to expand on that, you know, at least now we got something. But yep. to, to what yeah. Nick's saying, it's at this point, I'm assuming they don't care. You know, right. We have to see maybe another Tales of the Jedi, like you're saying, Albert, where maybe they touch on different angles. Maybe Yoda during that time. 
what was the relationship with Yoda and Yaddle? Like, they're the only two, you know, and, and obviously Grogu exists in this time period. You know, what is the significance of those trio? So it's very important to see that at some point, I feel, because if Yaddle is saying, I'm, I've been in doubts for years, and what you're saying, Dooku, makes sense, and now it's justified. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm stepping down ahead of the curve as a as a, a form of protest, but I still am the, a Jedi. Like I'm still gonna you know be a Jedi and all that. Sure, okay, that is huge in a time period where war is imminent. You know, corruption at, is at its peak, and the Jedi are stagnant as ever in their whole timeline. That for someone to finally break away from that, kind of wake up, right? Like, whoa, hold on, what the hell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we're not agree with Dooku full on, but he's got something to a certain extent here. Let's start listening. We got to see what that conversation was. You know, and we, so I hope they do uh, get a little more justice to one last time before her death is what happened in that, that council room. That's huge. That, that shouldn't be overlooked. I hope they do touch on it. Yeah, so I, I, I'm guessing that she also then spoke up as a council member and you know windu was like yeah buzz off yeah he, he probably gave the whole anakin speech to her too who knows i mean or all of them once again yeah. all of them just now nah, you're overreacting but it's like qui-gon just died and we know obi-wan killed darth maul come on it was true yeah i i and i think when, when i when i remember seeing this episode I, I remember i called back to the the, the funeral ceremony on uh, on naboo where mason and uh, yoda talk at the end right and they yeah who who died right the apprentice or the sith lord right at that point and uh you know it pans to palpatine i this whole episode just reminded me of that whole end scene right there where they're confused they yeah, are because they didn't take confused. it seriously yeah they would have had the answer if they would have just taken it seriously right and the fact that the two highest ranked jedi the the, one of the most philosophical jedi ever in in terms of power of the force understanding the force and one of the greatest fighters of the time and yet they're confused that that just shows the work of palpatine taking advantage of the weakness of the jedi of that time timeline it even goes back but it goes back to palpatine getting control because they were already doing the bidding of the senate way before that so that's why i'm like this is like i almost feel like this show so once again this episode was the failure of windu and all the great jedi we love and i still love them but i think it shows their complete failure as jedis yeah, and that's all that said, though, it almost kind of makes me think maybe uh, I, I want to turn to the dark side now. Maybe they got something going there. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty strong. Know, they, <laughs> they can shoot lightning from their fingers. That's kind of cool. That's you know, Thoris. That's they let, <laughs> pretty they cool. Let me, uh, let me go out whenever I want. Yeah. <laughs> no. Very cool, man. Very cool. Was there anything else from those episodes? I mean, I could keep going. But yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to exhaust it. Oh, no problem. No worries. No worries. So five and six again. I I mentioned the before. I mean, they're they're good. Uh, not a whole lot of talking points. I don't think unless you guys have them. But I, oh, I think guys, it was I'm just gonna, a nice touch. In I'm going to beat that, you up uh, here. Oh, <laughs> as a 
as a lover of the Clone Wars cartoon and Albert, uh-huh. I agree. I think I think that could be the best Star Wars overall. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so I find it interesting. Uh, you know, I I hate the movies Disney made because Raisin Mary Sue. And while Eddie, you brought up that Ahsoka looked like a Mary Sue, I'm like, no, the whole point of the Clone Wars cartoon is she was not. She was like a dumb kid who irritated everyone. And somehow went on to be for many one, like she's up there with Luke. Like she's one of my favorite Star Wars characters because I got to see her grow. So not a Mary Sue. Um, Never mentioned though. Yeah, right. But I love that. So Ahsoka, I love that Ahsoka breezes through the little trial she had, which I right. feel like she should be because she's being held. Anakin is holding her to his standard. Right. So I think that's kind of the premise of this. Um, You know, she's under the chosen one and she goes from being dumb to amazing because of it, Um, because she won't she wants to prove him wrong, which I think is awesome. Uh, And I love how, you know, Anakin's like, look, these things, these are to fight droids, which is nothing. They're robots. They're not skilled fighters in any way. And that that's not a test. I also love that Kanan Jarrus is in the room watching her. He's all impressed. Oh, I didn't Just, notice uh, that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the boy yeah. Uh, in the room was Kanan. So once again, oh, a little callback to Rebel. It's Filoni uh-huh. Uh-huh. tying things together. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I love that it's like, okay, what is the true test for a Jedi? Like in battle, besides another Jedi, as Anakin right. said. You know, you can beat anyone with blasters, you know, but if someone has another lightsaber, which I think he's talking about himself. It's a different story. But I love how Anakin, you know, they come up with like, you know, if you can take on the 501st, you're solid. And I love, I love how, I just love the training scene. I love how she starts out with one lightsaber. Uh, and it's not till season three of the Clone Wars cartoon that she actually gets two lightsabers. And we never got a reason for it in the cartoon. Like she just had them the next episode. But now I think we know why. Like, so the whole reason she ended up going to two is for that battle scene. Um, so I love that another little gap that was filled in and gave us answers uh, going back. Uh, and I love that Ahsoka just gets starts out getting killed easily. And then it hits the point where she did five minutes, you know, and it's like, I can do better. You know, once again, showing that, like, she's Anakin's Padawan, like, she can do it. Uh, even thinking back to, you know, the episode when she got kidnapped and survived and other Jedi had, you know, been kidnapped and gotten killed. And she tells Anakin at the end, like, I only survived because of your training, you know? So I just love that it's tying the whole cartoon together that she believes she can do more um i love that that was the train anakin who becomes darth vader who who starts order 66 to kill the jedi and ahsoka and he didn't realize that he had trained her to survive order 66 right that's how badass she was yeah she didn't she didn't run i mean she did she had to escape but she took on the 501st. And once again, I love that 
going back to the season seven of the Clone Wars, how emotional it was when she comes back and sees Anakin and she gets the her own platoon again and they all paint their face or their 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 helmets orange. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's because those are the guys they were shooting at her for years. Like the amount of respect they had for her that we saw in that episode. I feel like now like they tied it that was together. justified in this episode it, it was a good turn, like callback to everything for sure right like it just it showed that you know anakin says it like they respect you and it's like yeah because because they know you know what you're doing that you can handle yourself um so i love like the same practicing she's doing deflecting it's the same style she uses in the clone wars cartoon to escape uh during order 66 and i just i just love that it's the feloni genius of tying it together once again a new character who's female who's badass uh i love ahsoka i'm excited for more ahsoka eddie um because what other character yeah. is there like her in star wars there isn't not, it's because she's only, there isn't because you know she is being created as we go as well you know with Filoni leading but i will say this like I'll put my little bias aside for a sec. The, I have to acknowledge, I can't front on the good of it, which is full circle of connecting so many of these dots throughout Clone Wars, even Rebels, into this episode. Like, mm-hmm. for sure, 100%. What I did like is, and I, I really did like how it ended because it just, it explained to me like, okay, that made sense that she actually could have survived it. And yeah, the projection from the one lightsaber to the second, I did wonder that myself, like, wait, when'd she get two? Right. You know, way back, right, when it first came out that way. But it just shows that this wasn't just one training session. This was years of her going back to it. Like, this is basically yeah, like her pattern ship between her, you know, her, you know, her breaks out there, going out and about her adventures back in cell get get in there like you gotta self-improve so that was nice to see uh see that and just it, it, i really liked and you, you mentioned that when they honored her by painting the masks the it's it's a huge moment because the clones in general right now this is not something that felonia said or george or anyone has said but this is just something that's just kind of implied throughout all the episodes is that the clones can't don't fully respect all jedi especially the ones that have no battle experience young ones that are taking command of platoons that have you know right. they barely they barely learn how to fight themselves hey they call them shinies right right <laughs> and for them to take over like okay fine like i gotta listen to you because you know they're it's imprinted in that they're they're grown to to obey, you know, up to a certain point, right? Order 66. So the fact that Ahsoka through natural progression to show like at least that unit, and I'm sure other units as they come across her to respect her and other Jedi masters and knights that have gained respect. It's nice to see that, to see like, okay, the reason why they painted their masks was because they literally grew up with this child that became a teenager to become a young woman but as a Jedi and not as a commander, but they would die for her as much as she would die for them. So it was nice to see that full circle and how that was earned 
because up until yeah. that point i never saw it earned and i never i didn't like that uh, it was just kind of like oh you're just this new created apprentice we never heard about and somehow anakin had it and darth vader misses her during this time well anakin you know even as he's darth vader you know when he kind of goes back and forth we'll miss her darth doesn't but um yeah, so it's nice that at least they kind of started filling some of that for someone who, like me, when I see Ahsoka, I like the intention of Ahsoka. I just, I just, I just thought it was very convenient that it's Anakin's apprentice, not just another random Jedi that you can see the progression without the constraints of the timeline that Anakin has between episode one, two, and three. So, yeah, it was nice for me. <laughs> I, I get your complaint but i'm like but the story is about anakin so how are you going to incorporate someone else so much never without... mentioned ever until coloni started creating her well no luke i mean lucas approved it i mean that's the whole point yeah. of the, that was the start of the cartoon uh yeah. i mean it's the first character feloni drew but it was under the direction of george no, I get that. But again, that doesn't mean just because George, I mean, George also was part of the prequels and I'm not a big fan of those, but like, you know, it's one of those things where just because it comes from the big guy doesn't mean we like it. Oh, I agree. I mean, there's, you know what like, I mean? Bring, like, bringing Darth Maul back, you know, I thought it was right, like, a weird move, but it's his, it's his thing. I'm like, okay, the, I'll let you. I mean, they're Jedi. Like, they can... I guess my biggest they can control thing is, your mind. So it, there is some fantasy going on here. Of course. And that and that's ultimately makes sense. You can't that. Even if the character is the Distancy. Look, I, I, I still remember point. when the, the the movie first came out, the Clone Wars cartoon movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> I still remember that and thinking like, this is what's going to turn him into Darth Vader. Like someone's going to kill his Padawan, and that'll yeah. be what pushes him over. I remember that thinking that like, oh, yeah. I already know the ending, which isn't. I was completely wrong, uh, and yeah. I'm glad I was wrong. Yeah, but, but even then, I, I thought I saw the end where her character would go and now it's complete opposite and i love it yeah uh, by the way she you know once again i love yes she's anakin's padawan i i think whatever but like i love that she learned from the most powerful jedi she learned his different ways you know just like obi-wan learned from qui-gon a little different from the council all these yeah. these differences um you know and like Dooku, Anakin is kind of seeing corruption and trying to follow the force. Um, but of course, we know he's gonna, he's got to turn into Darth Vader. How do we make that happen? You know, so once again, going back, yeah, was the, I, I love the prequels, so that's probably why I like it so much. But I love that she beat, she took on Darth Maul. Like, she, it, I also love that she left the, the Jedi. She's one of the few Jedi that saw like when they turned on her she did. and then offered yeah. it back. That was like, a big I, show. Even for me, not being 
uh, full on fan of her. Like the fact that she did that, I still remember how I felt about that. I was like, you know what? Good for her because at this point, from what we know, the context of Jedi is at this point, it's like, yeah, she had to. Yeah, she, so they she turned on her right away. They put her on trial. Yeah, she like, did what Dooku and Qui Gon wouldn't do when they saw the Jedi Council wouldn't follow the Force and would be more beholden to the right. Senate. They didn't just walk away, uh, which led, I think, to you know, Dooku downfalling and Qui-Gon dying, but she walked away and got stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, so once again, I love her story that we're getting a different, like it's not the normal Star Wars where you have, you got to stay. She walked away and, and ended up beating Darth Maul and getting him captured. She was that good. She got away from the Clone Wars or the clone army and survived order 66 because of Anakin's training. Cause Anakin was that badass. So do you think she overpassed uh, Qui-Gon in terms of fighting like skill? Qui-Gon? Uh, no one's ever asked me that. I haven't ever thought about it, but offhand, yes. Right. I mean, she beat Maul. Qui-Gon yeah. died. Yeah, no, yeah. No, granted, though, once again, in that, there's age as a factor. So, like, even Dooku, when he dies, he's slower. Um, when he's older, you know, he slows down. He's not as not as powerful physically, even though he's stronger in the Force. Um, so, yeah, there are other variables you could account for some things. At that moment, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan hadn't had the experience of fighting Sith Lords, whereas Ahsoka did. That's true. But I think I mean they're 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 seeing it set for like the first time ever. So yeah, and General Grievous, yeah, you know, Grievous. So like, and Duke, yeah. So they had had previous battles. Yeah, that's a good point, Albert. Well, it's a very good point. Uh, no, because in, in the have you guys? Well, I see now we're kind of deviating away from the if I start talking about, this, but like there's a book of the Apprentice of you know Qui Gon and Obi Wan. There's a book that's out that do talk about their experiences abroad and. The combat they they did deal with you know which is full-on life and death combat so no i i'm not going to dispute that but yeah. fighting a sith i actually think she's not stronger than qui-gon i think it was more qui-gon was unprepared um for that fight though i think there well, was when you say much... stronger you mean like stronger in the force i, sh- I should reword as a uh, just fighting skills uh, i think strong in the force I, I we can debate that one another time, but like skill wise, I I just think she, I don't think she's as skill. Like if if he had the same wartime experience as her, and even keep the age and all that, I don't think the, the skills would have surpassed Qui-Gon, personally. That's uh, that's a what if kind of. I get you. Yeah, I follow you. That's what, but yeah. but she does have it. So but she I'm was more prepared. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once and, again, who? But why? And why? Never but I, I still go back to why. Why was she more prepared? Who trained her? Well, yeah, no, Anakin. No, yeah. So not only did she have the, the war and get more fighting experience, but also getting trained by Anakin. Right. You know, once again, she's shown over and over that like his trainings have prepared her. And once again, he, he told her, you know, I won't be there to protect you, uh, you know. So the only way I know how to, the only way I know how to protect you is to prepare you 
for the worst thing possible, which would have been what? Like getting attacked by an army. No, yeah. Of, of sure. humans. I, I just always found interest in that she only got that training. Like no other princesses got that. Yeah, but like, that's the no story of Anakin. Because, yeah, they, they didn't think like him. He was pure, once again, which is why he fell to the dark side. He was all about the battle, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> it's that unique it's that unique experience where i, know, I, I, I think I guess any padawan of his would have turned out bad a eh? because he would have required it right no anakin's story uh, exclude like ahsoka from it for a sec i i get that and i'm 100 with that he is going to be this unicorn amongst the rest you know like he is unique i mean it's literally if you're the chosen one you're the one of a right. lot of things <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and by default, you know, for sure. I guess it, I, it just, it's always was difficult for me to just see that he had an apprentice that now has met Luke. And, and I say all this and saying, I look forward to seeing the Ahsoka show because I really right. want to see Star Wars to just get away from the, the Skywalker stuff. And just see, and Ahsoka is my bridge to other things, so I'm I'm leaning on her a lot. So, you know, but yeah, I guess it, it was always that was always my thing. Uh, but it's nice to at least get her a little more fleshed out for people like me who see that as okay, you're just you're not just a convenience created under the creator's apprentice to put it under the cho- as the chosen one's apprentice. Like, okay, let's. You know what I mean? So I, I can agree to certain I can agree to certain things. There's there's questions I have, you know, but, why didn't but, she do X, like y, if she was someone else's apprentice, I would see this differently. And that's a very unfair thing for me to say about Ahsoka. Like I acknowledge that I'll be the first one in line to acknowledge it's unfair. No, I, was, I actually agree with you. If she was someone else's apprentice, I don't think she'd be as good. Yeah, so it's a, it's I unfair. Agree. So uh, you know that's so I, I uh, you know I try to like temper myself. Uh, you know, because it's like, okay, I, I, then I'm, now I'm just hating, you know, I don't want to go to the hater line of things, but yeah. No, All right. So let's, so Albert, I want to take over, but let's keep going. So we don't stay on that episode. We can move this forward and get to okay. the resolve. Episode. Sounds good. Let's, uh, yeah, let's not forget. Because <laughs> it's still more Ahsoka. So we'll go ahead and just, uh, yeah, move, move forward. Any, any, Thought, thoughts you do have in it i mean you could probably blow my mind because i never would have uh put two and two together that that anakin was training ahsoka to survive order 66 from yeah, the practice yeah. makes perfect so, so blow cool. my mind again what do you got with the result <laughs> okay so i love you know starts out with the funeral i love that ahsoka's there once again we're tying the past uh, mm-hmm. i love bell organa yes i just love his character whether mm-hmm. it be the cartoon or the movies or you know obi-wan oh. uh, he's, he's a good character but obi-wan sucked uh Sorry, no uh, but I, I love that they brought Bill Organa <laughs> in. Um, I love that she was there, and you know, he's like, "Why are you here?" And you know, that was her friend, and she's yeah. she's a Jedi. She knows how to get around, even in risky areas. So mm-hmm. uh, she made it there. Uh, I love that you know she kind of. I almost felt like bringing up Obi Wan the Obi Wan series, like she kind of has her own. I'm tired of fighting. Like I just want to break. Right been fighting a while granted she had a break before came back and just wants to go back again and not fight um so i love that they tie that together 
um, I'm still waiting on this. I love that we see uh, we see Rex. We're waiting, like Rex appears in the Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to fill in the gap of what happened in between this and Rebels in Bad Batch. Uh, I'd like more of that, but not in the Bad Batch. I think Rex is another great character. We should explore more mm -hmm. around that time. Mm -hmm. um, like, did Rex drop Ahsoka off and just like go right to the Bad Batch? Like go right back to fighting? Did he want to break from fighting? Um, I love that she couldn't let the little farm girl die. So opposite of Obi-Wan, where he goes and buries his lightsabers and won't even use the force. And she still just can't let an innocent person die that she could protect, uh, right. even knowing the risk. Um, and then I, I like, you know, they go turn in the grain and come back and the village is burnt and there's an inquisitor there. Everyone's dead, but the two people. And I, I love how the Inquisitor doesn't know who she is at first, which is weird to me, but I liked it. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't know until she uses the force and then he really looks at her. And I like that he says, oh, we, we thought you were dead. So I love how at the end of the Clone Wars cartoon, when Darth Vader picks up her lightsaber out of the snow, yeah, like it's it really worked. Yeah, they it thought worked. she was dead with all the other clones. So I love that. Once again, Eddie, you're not, you know, this you, this is her Mary Sue moment. Did she just annihilated him? The Inquisitor. She just, without even, I mean, she just beat Darth Maul. So why should she struggle with an Inquisitor? I don't know. Why should right? she? No, I'm just saying she's got the training um so i love how she just annihilates him um yeah and then realizes you know it's it's time like it's time to get in the fight so we have that that answer the, the like when does she become fulcrum yep you just yeah. beat me to it when does what made her decide to become fulcrum and rebels mm -hmm. and i did like that because yeah. i was wondering when that decision was made um okay so the soka book haven't read it. Let me say that. Okay. So in the book, they do touch on how she gets her lightsabers. Like she gets them back, like her new mm -hmm. ones, like the crystals and then yep. how she removes the, the bleeding of the crystals. And now it's purified again into a white crystal. Um, is this it? Because I feel the canon's a little different uh, from what Filoni approved in the book to this. I, I I don't think this is it. Maybe this is like, I'll take the fight back and then she goes on her adventures in the book. But maybe something to touch on, especially like, it, even like grace through it, just like on, online, if you see like kind of how she gets the, the lightsabers. I wonder if she kept that blade and maybe there's a little bit of a, a switch on the cannon, just because there's a lightsaber right there. You have two crystals in that blade. So... That's how she comes back with her samurai style. I'm going to defend Filoni here um, on the Ahsoka book. So it was approved, you know, just like every other yeah. book Lucas approved. But they kind of asked Filoni about it. And he said, look, you know, George always viewed like the movies and the cartoons he did. Like that's the canon. Everything else isn't. Um, and once again, Filoni has the same mindset. Like, yeah, he approved the book, but, you know, Ahsoka is his creation with Lucas. Yeah. I imagine he discussed with Lucas what he was going to do in this show. 
I'm waiting for behind more behind the scenes to see if that's true, right? Because they've had uh, Lucas in for the Mandalorian and everything else, Boba. Yeah. Which I'm happy they've been bringing him around. Right. It, so he deserves that much. But I think Filoni is following in the philosophy of his master, if you will. Right. And that, hey, yeah, we're going to, you know, other people, we give some freedoms and yeah, we approve them. But just because Disney bought it and Disney, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, the beep, beep, says it's, it's all canon. Like, no, that's not, I don't believe it. So I, I like that Felonia said like, yeah, like I, I understand it, but I'm treating it the way Lucas treated it. So do you think this is where she gets those crystals or do you think this is kind of just her just just to show I got to get back in it? Mark, I, mean, I don't I don't know. I was just curious. That was like a fan thought. Like, no, right. And I, fan question. I, I think I've heard some other things. Right. I think like Filoni made some changes like it doesn't match the book. Other things, too. Yeah. That yeah. People were upset about. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't I don't care about the EU. I like it. But I don't consider it canon. I don't consider the Ahsoka book canon. So, like, even the Thrawn books, I've never read them. I hear they're amazing. They're to me, good. Thrawn is Rebels. Because um, that's the canon. Yeah, no, but the new trilogy that is canon, it's really good. And Which trilogy? The, they, the original writer, they brought him back um, to write a whole new trilogy for to explain why we see Thrawn in Rebels. And oh, yeah. No, I dude, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Those I just mean, no, but I just mean really like good. the old Thrawn books, the characters based off of, which are, oh, I'm yeah. sure, great. Like I, like, I have my problems with Rebels, but Filoni did it. I'm, you know, like I give the creator a little leeway. Yeah. I don't give Disney any leeway, but I, you know, so far, everything Filoni has touched has been gold since Disney bought Star Wars. Yeah, I would say he helped maintain the ship that was in the iceberg out for sure. I, I'd say without him, Star Wars would be dead right now. 100%. The animations is what kept Star Wars alive. For And yeah, that was all yeah. him. So, I mean, on that... Like, are you familiar with the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel <laughs> Disney Is made? This canon? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Just it's failing. Like, yeah. Like it, the Star it, Wars stuff at Disney World is failing. Like they're not yeah. getting the attendance. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's not it's it's mishandled, and I'm glad that um, you know Bob Paycheck or JPEG, right? The the head. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, he threw out the all right, Kathleen and anyone at yeah, Lucas, let's mum ourselves on announcements. Let's focus on content. And when content is right and ready and concrete, let's announce that. Let's stop throwing out things as if to promote, you know, because it's not working anymore. At the end of the day, you're gonna always get fans of any genre to watch anything mm-hmm. by default, but to to get a following behind that, you know, Star Wars fans is can't they took it for granted and they realized it immediately with Last Jedi. And then anything that went after that, you know, you can, you know, you can give you can give a pass, in my opinion, you can give a pass on Force Awakens to an extent, you can give a pass on like Rogue One is our is my favorite out of the movies. Um so I, I think beyond that though, they realize right away like we can't just, you know. 
make stamp it Star Wars and then call it a day. Like it doesn't work like that. You got yeah. you got to appreciate it. And Dave Filoni, of course, with John Favreau, you know, Dave Filoni on his on his own, but in the live action scene, right? They showed like, okay, when we remember what George has talked about, this is what it looks like. How do you feel? And then as fans, we responded, and it's been trickling finally. For the most part, right? We've had two shows that I thought totally missed it, um, Boba Fett and Obi Wan. But mm-hmm. aside from those, like Andor to me is like prime quality television. It's not even Star Wars for me. It's literally an HBO show that's also in the Star Wars world. So, anyways, um, Tales of the Jedi. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, I think we beat Tales of the Jedi pretty good. Uh, <laughs> it was great, though. Like, it really was a good, sh- uh, good. I really do hope, Albert, I, I'm about to just jump on what you said, man. Like, I really do hope they decide, hey, let's get an, a few other characters that we haven't touched on in this time period to kind of fill the gaps in. Like, honestly, like, what that can help, you know, fans like like you, me, Nick, where it's like, we're hitting the lore at different angles of experience you know how we invested in it outside of the content given to us the fact that they can do this and it's a great avenue what's 10 minutes to just tell us so much you know of an episode so i really do hope tales of jedi continues that that's a a fun series where not every episode has to connect it's just a one shot and you get to appreciate you know, maybe Mace Windu. Now we understand why he's a dick or not. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he yep. can't just be just one face. You know, there there has to be a reason for everybody. And mm-hmm. why how, how did he become that way? You know, yeah, how did he get like, to that point? Right. Because remember, this guy's supposed to be an EU, like he he knows all these rare force abilities, like you know, all these things, right? But like what made him that, you know, and it'd be nice to start getting that. You know, just one off. So it'd be it really be really cool. So that's my final take on tales for sure. Very nice, very nice. You know, it's it's pretty cool. It makes uh entertaining entertainment so compelling and awesome to watch with if it has that rewatch value. So yes. you know, as as Dick had mentioned, I, I never would have caught that uh that connection that uh Anakin was teaching Ahsoka how to survive uh Order 66 in the the practice makes perfect episode so I mean these are episodes you can just go back and rewatch and just enjoy and have fun which is really really cool uh and, and yeah that's that's what I love about the animated Star Wars and in particular live action Star Wars too so mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh were there any other talking points for tonight we ran kind of late so I mean uh I, I definitely <laughs> would love to uh Save our our uh, Marvel and, and I in a room. Night, but... You better just put on three hours. Right I, I had to show you guys there there was more to this than you realized. No, there definitely much, was. You much better. Uh, blew my brain and some of those. I'm happy. Uh, facts I'm happy that uh, that we got that because I wasn't sure where to go. So I appreciate it because there's a lot of things that Nick brought up that like I'm like, dang, that was a thought in my head, but you're expanding on it. I like that. Like, cool. So, and then you throw out the, some of the EU stuff. So I'm glad you know what Makashi was. I'm like, I didn't, I don't want to nerd out because I don't want to lose you guys. So I'm glad that you caught that. Like, all right, awesome. Like, I, now I know I can talk about that stuff. So, you know, some of it is just Star Wars theory over the years, stuff I've learned watching his videos, you know, oh, watching yeah. his breakdowns of the show. God, um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and I then used just to watch them. I, I definitely, for me, I, I did a lot of Star Wars roleplay and uh, to roleplay properly a Jedi or a Sith or a Bounty Hunter or whatever, like that 
like in story-based uh, role-play stuff, right? And you gotcha. write it out and all that. Like, you have to know the material, or else what are you? You're not you're not writing the character, you know, to that time period, especially if you go back to old Republic stuff. So yeah, it was really cool to like. Now I know, like, we can definitely nerd out on this stuff because I'm all about it. Man. But yeah. This is just the first time I made notes, you know, usually it's all too scatterbrained in my head. I'm like, I yeah. gotta write this down. <laughs> like I see so many little things There's so that stick out stuff. to me. Baloney did just, uh, just sprinkled so much goodness in this. I really do love even the characters that are, you only see them for a scene. They have a purpose. You know, I think it shows his maturity as a, a filmmaker and a writer as well. I think Mandalorian really helped him get elevated to a better level. Now he's surrounded with more filmmakers that teach him about how to script, right? And, you know, obviously animations is bread and butter. I mean, that's where he's best, but what he's getting from the Mandalorian and I know he's overseen the other shows. So the what works doesn't work per scene. You see that the, the qualities animations have been insane. Like uh, Clone Wars uh, season seven was just like a whole movie. It didn't even feel like a, it, it was like one movie. You can see it. Like it oh, was the last, like, the last is... four episodes in particular are oh, basically yeah. I mean, a movie. That like, alone, I mean, call it a day. Like, don't show me the rest. Just give me back. You know. So yeah, was, that's the gorgeous. best Star Wars. To me, that's the best animated Star Wars I've ever seen. Though yeah. that was last that last arc was the best Star Wars I've ever seen. And it's the best Star Wars animation. Disney put out, but they didn't write it. <laughs> it yeah, yeah, I know, right? We have to asterisk that for sure. Yeah. But uh, no, for sure. Like animation, best Star Wars animation I've ever seen. I, I think that was just, if, if there's a if there's a standard, you look at those four episodes and how that was developed. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, again, I did just... do something uh, pretty cool on YouTube. Like someone actually uploaded Revenge of the Sith and intercut it with those uh, scenes from that episode. How oh, really? I, I, I did. I, I did. Say I, that I don't do know that. if it's on anymore. Yeah, it probably yeah. got struck down for copyright issues. But no, when it was it's, up, it's, actually it's there somewhere. It's okay. there. Go to Reddit. Yeah, They're all there. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Oh, that's good to know. Glad you told me that. Well, gentlemen, this has I, been uh, really awesome. Definitely love chatting Star Wars. And what's pretty cool is that when you're chatting it and you learn a bunch of new stuff, it's actually really, really cool. So, so thank you for both joining me tonight. Uh, this has been lots of fun, and uh, I'm probably going to be releasing more content throughout the end of the year more frequently, not just one episode a week, maybe two. Uh, we have the World Cup coming up, so there's going to be lots of uh, talking Woo! points for that, too. Oh, yeah. So, Heck yeah, wow. starting Sunday. <laughs> but uh, uh, Nick, Eddie, thank you so much for joining me tonight, and we'll do this again soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Okay, have a good night, Peace. guys.